breaking news tonight as the city mourns. We've received reports that Lily, the leader of the magical girl team known as Bloom, has died. It's still unclear precisely what has happened, but witnesses spotted members of Bloom racing across rooftops, chasing what many describe as a dark or malevolent force. Members of Bloom have not made themselves available for comment as of yet, but for now we go to our correspondent in the field for the latest. Has the city found new saviors? Questions abound tonight as newcomers Blight intervened to stop disaster at the 43rd annual boat show. After months of need, are new heroes finally stepping up? The mayor is set to honor the members of Blight during tomorrow's annual fundraising gala. After a string of daring heroics, the Magical Girl team has won the hearts of many here in the city. They find themselves well on the way to filling the hole left by Team Bloom's disappearance. You're listening to Bloom and Blight, Episode 1, Part 1, A Spark from the Wreckage. We open up on a beautiful, sunny, summer late afternoon. The sun's starting to dip behind the clouds a little closer to the horizon as a cool sea breeze washes over the city of Oliva Bay. Oliva Bay is a bustling metropolis on the West Coast, and it's thrived for years thanks to advanced technology and the innate magic in the earth here, though currently the city is rebuilding. As our players know and our listeners will soon find out, a large battle took place just about a month ago. A mechanical evil attempted to take over the city and with each encounter grew stronger and stronger till our brave team, Bloom, was able to stop them. Sadly though, the encounter severely damaged parts of the city and claimed the life of Bloom's leader, Lily. Today though, the citizens of Leva Bay continue to clean up and try to move past the tragedy. Our team though is having a little bit of a harder time reconciling. We start in a part of town near the University District. It's a little closer to the continual hustle and bustle of the undamaged downtown area of the city, but still far enough away that it feels a little more relaxed and laid back. And this is where we find our friend Victor. Absolutely. Uh, Victor is a slim but fit man. Uh, looks to be in his early, well, maybe mid-twenties the best way to put it, early to mid-twenties. Um, he wears, a, basically he's always wearing biker gear, leather biker gear, but he has a weird uh, princely air to him, so he kind of seems very dignified. But if you catch him like on a bad day, he's snarling at you, like full wolfish aggression to anyone who kind of just sets him off that day uh unique things about him you you would besides you know wearing leather all the time no matter the fact that it is you know the middle of summer uh he doesn't care uh his left hand has been replaced with a cybernetic hand uh it is part of this 
magic tech that we're kind of being experienced in a renaissance he has some of it like he's forced to have some of it on him he's lost his hand somehow um uh he has african features he's black like me so you know um like kind of like the broader nose like what i have his hair is in tight twists almost actually they're locks at this point I, I was going through various iterations of what vic would look like and i think locks short locks are what i would want to go with with him um again biker princely aggressive that's the that's the vibe you should get um and yeah he, he likes to ride motorcycles so Vic currently, you know, is is maybe maybe what do you think? Maybe working on your bike or taking a little ride. What would be just a a general daily activity that would, you know, keep you calm? <laughs> um riding bike would definitely keep him calm. It's the only thing that can keep his mind from thinking too much, you know, like mm, when you're mm-hmm. cuz some stuff has been happening that's really bothering him. Um the calamity that has happened to us all really cuts deep into him so he will be riding probably around a town constantly on a loop um i don't know where he gets the money to pay for his gas but you know maybe it's magic tech powered yeah you know a little little magitech battery (laughs) going on in there um yeah so as you're kind of driving through town you know you um pass by uh, the, the college itself, which, you know, summertime, there's just summer classes and such. So, you know, there's some people kind of milling about, but it's not a fool's normal semester amount of people. So it makes it a little nicer probably to drive through the campus because one nice like green hills, some extra space, you can kind of go. And it leads over to a bridge that can kind of get you a little bit out of town if you wanted to do a little bit more, you know, kind of driving through the edge of the mountains and stuff that kind of surround this this kind of valley here. You know, you're right on the edge of the bay, so you could even take a little coastal drive. You've got options. Um, but you are writing today, specifically, you said, clear your head have something else to think about what could you tell me what is Vic currently trying to forget like what is kind of this nightmare that keeps kind of replaying for them Vic is in his own way mourning the loss of the of Lily the leader of the well, former leader, as she's no longer with us, uh, team. And she pulled him from what he remembers being a servant of evil. And now that the... Effectively, I don't know if he's this far. And you know what? I might make that decision right now. I think he is this far. Lily was his messiah. She brought him from the, the, the threshold of evil, whatever that lo- looks like, whatever, like, to, to what level that is, to what his now understanding of what it means to be a good person. And that nightmare, the true nightmare that, like, bo- that worries him is that without her being here, that wolf creature that he was born as, that he was created as, will come back and consume him. So, like, he's riding on, like, across town 
mentally trying to clear his head, but maybe he's also like trying to physically run away from this manifestation, this physical thing that could take over and take him away from what he understands to be good, quote unquote, whatever that actually is. You're, you know, you've just every, every kind of moment that your, your brain has been a little still keeps kind of coming back to that. And even as you're riding your bike now, you're having a bit of just kind of some racing thoughts, racing memories, trying to like kind of push them back as you're driving through town and you know when when you're driving sometimes especially when you're very comfortable driving where you kind of forget you are for a second and then you're like oh my god i've gone 30 miles and i don't know what happened and it's a little terrifying for a second of like was there a stop sign you've had that moment where you find yourself now just just a little west of downtown close to the bay there's a large crater in front of you there's twisted pieces of metal from some of the skyscrapers that were in this area you can see that you know there are still some construction trucks and you know just kind of the the people here trying to clean up some of this debris and some of this from this encounter that took Lily's life and you have this moment of why am I here what kind of brought me back to this point and you're looking around and you can kind of see down uh, an alleyway that also filled with some rubble there are some you know stray pieces of wires and mechanisms from some of these kind of magic tech odd creatures that y'all had fought previously littering some of the areas and you see a down this alleyway where it's dark still a little kind of dusty from the big machinery kind of picking up all of this debris a flash of like a dark blue kind of light it's hard to see as it's deep down in the shadows but it flashes almost electric and then it goes again and all the hair kind of like stands up on your arms so you can just kind of feel this like one that like oh no something bad or something's watching me kind of feeling but also just static what would you do victor kind of dumbfounded like why am i here i can't i was literally trying to run away from this um looks at the light that's flickering and just kind of curses under his breath. Oh, God damn it. Okay, let's do this. And he parks his bike, taking his helmet, which, yes, he wears a helmet. He's very safe. Um, but he takes his helmet and he you know, puts it on the puts it on the bike, attaches it there, so you know it's just not going to fly away somewhere. And he goes, okay, cracks his knuckles one at a time. He's ready for whatever is in there or whatever is causing this because even though flickering light is not dangerous, everything in his body is telling him something is going to mess up my day and I got to be ready for it. Yeah, you uh, kind of start walking that direction. 
keeping an eye out around you. It seems like any people in this area aren't really paying one you any attention, but seem to notice anything. It's all mostly, like I said, just city workers and stuff kind of cleaning up. I think if anything, there may have been some stray looks at you, but they've kind of moved on at this point in time. And maybe a little bit of whisper is like, is that? No, we haven't. That couldn't be. Why is he here? You know, a little. So they've recognized you at least a little bit, but they're not concerned enough to to pay much attention. And so you kind of start to walk down this this alleyway. There's, you know, I'm kind of like I said, duck through some of the rubble. I feel like there's parts of like the um, the fire escapes and ladders and stuff that have started to kind of fall off of some of these buildings, or even been kind of melted by whatever kind of powers y'all had dealt with previously. And you're making your way through and you see this flashing still, but it's, it's almost like it's moving too. You know, like it, you're following it. And the the more and more you watch, you can see that it'll, you know, kind of flash a little bit of light on the, the sides of the alleyway or on the ground. You can't really make out what it is, except that it's something that's moving. And it seems to be moving quickly as it starts to go a little bit faster and you can now even hear kind of the scuff of feet on on this dirt and these this, these pavement areas echoing down and in a blink you watch as still these little static sparks you can now kind of tell a little bit of a darker figure that it seems these sparks are emanating off of kind of do just free running style jump between a couple of the walls grab a fire escape and start to climb up this building i follow and i want to i want to find this person i don't know why they're here i don't know why they chose to get my attention because i'm i'm assuming they're trying to get my attention i want to get them how how does it look as you as you follow are you being a little more sneaky with it or are you like full going trying to keep up the moment i see like the jumping going on i just like i kind of growl to myself and i just start running in a full sprint i'm not quiet at all um i would say (laughs) to a certain extent like from his past life some of the wolfish qualities that he had has transferred over so he's like he started on a, on all fours with a like a leap, but now he's running on his two feet because like that that it's his old life. He's now part of his new life. He's he's got to get you know more human here, um, and whatever way he can try and follow this person, even if it's just on the ground, he doesn't have a lot of mobility. He doesn't have like a way of like jumping really high or anything, but he can run really fast. You uh, start taking off and i mean even as you are going up the fire escape jumping up against the walls bricks are falling out of the walls like rungs of this thing uh, these fire escapes are still kind of falling apart as this is just a crumbling section of town as you're following this up and i mean everything is still just so you know like i said we're, we're 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 saying we're a bay town we're kind of in the mountains let's go let's go like a good like seattle vibe you know, we've got the, the, like the, especially with everyone being a little down in the dumps, we've got the cloudy skies, a little bit of drizzle going on. It's making it that much more just like noir <laughs> feeling as you're right running through this like alleyway, dirty alleyway, uh, up these, 
ladders and jumping between these buildings that, I mean, are almost leaning on each other. They are so falling apart. And you watch as with one last little flash that you can see, they seem to dive through an open window into this old apartment complex, we'll say, that you're going on. You're kind of following through. And it is it is filled with, you know, couches and chairs and refrigerators and just people's lives that were quite literally tossed to the side in this, you know, thankfully, knowing that uh, a confrontation was coming. A lot of people were evacuated, so we didn't have to worry as much about anything too horrible you're going to stumble across in here other than, you know, broken pictures and very clearly people's lives being very displaced from all of this. And I feel like, I don't know, I mean, you tell me if if I'm wrong in assuming there might be a little, little twinge of hurt there, especially with Bloom's kind of fall from grace post all of this. Now kind of seeing some of the people impacted faces, you know. Yeah, I, I would say for, for Vic, it's definitely our fall hurts his ego a lot. And seeing it, like, he's just kind of just... <sighs> just feels... He can feel... Like, if, if angst was a physical thing, like, that's what he's constantly pushing out towards everyone. And, like, seeing this... These buildings in disarray, and it's been... It hasn't been too long, has it? No, I'll say, you know, maybe maybe a month or so and that everyone's kind of been separated. But it's been a month and this part of town is still a disaster. It's been a month and people haven't been able to, from what I can tell, like they really haven't been able to return to normal. And it's kind of like, to him, it's like an open wound that people ref- that we refuse to treat. And he himself, probably being part of the problem refuses to treat his own wound in this and like almost feels like i'm doing this to myself that's why i'm here i think you 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 know have these feelings kind of bubbling up you know you're still in this chase and i don't know maybe it makes you a little little more ferocious or a little quicker you know a little more about it as you hear a slam of a door and some things getting pushed to the side as it seems like this figure has gone through this leaning living room out a front door and is kind of running down a hall and you're following as you watch as they get to the end of this hallway there's a glass window and you are right on their tail and it looks like they are going to jump out this window they are also in just like as you're getting closer like said you're still seeing it's it's very dark very shrouded this light that keeps flickering off of this figure is making it hard with that contrast to really tell much of anything because of how bright it is. Uh, but they are fast and they're not like you. They're not agile with their movements. It seems a little erratic. It seems a little shambly, but with a purpose, you know, like they're just trying to kind of get away and you can almost like, I would say smell <laughs> just you being you fear off of this person you're assuming because of you're able to kind of tap into that and it looks like they are about to jump out this window and continue their run is there anything you would like to do before they do such as you are now up on them i would say like unfortunately for this person the fear makes vic more aggressive um and he just screams at them stop moving and like 
tears at the wall with his his cybernetic hand, you know, so you know there's a little bit of like physical like magic this is like it's not just the magic it is like technology and he like tears at it to like prove that he's not someone to be messed with trying to make an impact um you don't want to make victor mad and he's just get being here is just making him mad you say this and this figure is still running like i said still very shambly very kind of uncoordinated but frantic going towards the window as Still, the trajectory is forward, but they kind of turn their head and look back towards you. And as they're kind of getting closer to this window that will say is, you know, not as much shrouded by some of the other buildings and stuff, you have a little bit more light coming in. You see a human face, a masculine but young, you know, maybe like 16, 17, 18, you know, kind of younger, older teen, young adult. Um, has these just like big like doe eyes that are just wild right now just wide and wild and you can see that the like irises of them are just bright with electric energy like it looks like it is going through their veins as now you can even see that pulsing through the veins on their neck and you look down as it looks like their kind of arm and uh that you know they've got an outfit on it was probably just like jeans and a darker shirt that you're not able to tell a little bit more but it seems like the part that is skin is their arm from their fingers to about their elbow is now pitch black like a void and it looks like it's sneaking up almost like you know like when you get blood poisoning and you can kind of see that like darkness that comes up someone's veins it's very much that vibe within the veins still that electric blue within it just popping off in various directions and their arms almost look hardened like not necessarily like metal like it doesn't look like cybernetics like yours but almost like a bark is forming you know like it's getting very thick and it doesn't look like it is just natural on their on their skin. And like I said, looks back, wild eyes, they open their mouths to talk, and again, another spark of electricity just like shoots at you this time. And you can hear like choked in this as he does manage to say something. He just goes, I can't. And then it jumps out the window. Have, have I ever seen something like that before? Is that something Victor's familiar with? I would say not fully. It does not look like anything you have seen, but it has this odd feeling of familiarity or like, you know, when you can, there's a name on the tip of your tongue kind of vibe of this tastes like something and I don't know what it is, but I know this thing or this phenomenon. Mm -hmm. I would say then, I mean, I'm still in hot pursuit. Like, I don't know what's going on with this kid, but this seems like danger. You watch as uh, jumps out. And again, it's very odd because he's still looking at you. Like, it seems like there is some cognizance here that is watching you and the body is on a full different mission as it jumps and looks at you. And you see without visually his eyes moving from you he's able to kind of grab hold of like a telephone pole 
with one of his arms and use it kind of as a zip line. It kind of goes down over to the uh, next block and starts taking off down again, again, you following in hot pursuit. And we're gonna pull out for a moment. And let's, let's go back to kind of the, the university district here. And let's zoom in to our friendly local gymnasium as on the, uh, oh, what should we call it? I feel like maybe just OBU, <laughs> OVMA University. That, that makes sense. Fun. That sounds fun. Sounds about right. Um, and yeah, we see, see Hadley. Will you explain what they look like and then what they're doing in this moment? Yeah, of course. Uh, so Hadley, uh, she they if you if you would be so kind uh she's about five three um fairly small but very muscular built like a gymnast because she is one um so she's got uh sort of this like mid dark brown hair uh she's got a she's got a couple of very bright neon yellow streaks in there uh sometimes those are orange depends on her mood um but they're usually something like that yeah, uh, she is a white person, um, you know, blue eyes, a little bit of freckles, but not super uh, over the top. And uh, she is doing what she is almost always doing uh, when she doesn't have somewhere else to be, which is uh, messing around in the gym. Um, you know, and especially given what has been happening lately, it's a lot of blowing off steam, a lot of... Uh, ill-advised uh, tricks being attempted when the coach is not there. What what might one of those tricks be? Um, there's, uh, so they don't compete at the collegiate level, at the collegiate level with, uh, like those big rings. Um, but that's one of the things that Hadley just kind of, uh, goofs around on, uh, for, you know, warm up for training. Uh, she's very into, um, the goal is to be a Cirque du Soleil performer or something of the sort. Like that's ideally if she wasn't in school, that's what she would be doing. Um, so messing around on the sort of non-traditional uh, equipment is uh, very much what Hadley is about. Um, and so they're doing, there's a trick that they're working on um, that's very, no hands sort of flipping from the bottom part of the ring uh, all the way around, like to be inside of the ring now, but there's no hands involved. It's very, they've fallen a number of times or like just barely caught themselves with a foot a bunch. Um, if their coach was here, they would be yelling at her so much. Um, Which I think as you do it, you hear, and I'm sorry, you named them Coach Caitlin Decker. I gotta do a Southern accent. That just sounds like oh, it. And that'll yeah, be that so tracks. much more fun for a coach to yell at you with this accent. So I think you hear, Hadley Janes, how many times have I told you if you are in my gym, you are not doing that dangerous nonsense? Uh, Hadley just sort of looks up. They're sort of hanging by their knees from the hoop, right? Uh, just sort of like upside down looking at the coach. Uh, just like, if you're not here to see me fall, you don't have to report it. So I think we both win. Well, here I am. 
and here I'm not. And she sort of does a little backflip off of the hoops and uh, it's like it never happened. Oh, my Lanta, you know, do you know how much shit I would get from your mother if you hurt yourself again? Yes, I do. I, this is why you don't have to tell her because I did not get hurt. I am fine. You saw nothing. I was just warming up. They, they sort of have their hands uh, just like in the air as like, you know, when you like land, like a little gymnastics move, the sort of like presentation that they always do. They sort of like do a little spin, like I am fine. Nothing broken, nothing bleeding, nothing to report to mother. If you're, if you're gonna do that, just make, make damn sure I'm not gonna be here, all right? I thought you, I thought you had a different class. I'm sorry. And put like seven more uh, 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 soft things under you. This one mat is not enough. How about, hey, you know what you could do? You could go to that trampoline. You can go to that trampoline place that has the, the pit with like the foam squares. That seems up your alley, you know? Yeah, and civilians. I You, you want me to do a backflip into a three-year-old? At least the people who are in this gym know what they're doing. And that includes me. Hmm. I don't quite know about that yet. Fine, fine. I'll practice rings. All right. Well, here, you know, since I'm I'm here, let me give you a little bit of some uh, some some exercises. Maybe you should do that will uh, help uh, strengthen and stretch the areas you are definitely gonna injure if you keep doing this bullshit. All right. And she starts going off into just like all these different stretches and warm-ups to tell you how many things to do. And you're just kind of having to listen uh, to this as every time you try to move, they're like, I, I, I am not done. You stand right there. All right. So now you're going to do this sort of things because honestly, you just don't piss me off and like just keeps going and going and going and going. Um, as I, I think, you know, your cell phone kind of buzzes and then buzzes and then buzzes. Sorry, I, one second. And she'll jog off to the edge of the mat and grab it because she doesn't have her cell phone on her person. Um, she'll grab it and, you know, check if there's caller ID or a text or what's going on. And she's like, you know what? It's fine. I do have another class to get going to. But if I come in here and your head's busted open, I, I'll bring you back to life to kill you myself. And she just like storms off. <laughs> Expect nothing less. Just sort of like gives a little like two finger salute. Uh, just kind of watches her go and then uh, goes back to check her phone. You, uh, I feel like it just, it just feels like a thing you might have. Uh, you can definitely tell me if it would be flavored any differently. I feel like you would have some sort of like police scanner or like gossip crime blog Doppler going on something on your phone. And you see a couple of just like, in general notifications of like, you know, car break-in or uh, ATM smashed or public indecency, you know, just people doing things. Uh, but one stands out to you of a, um, it seems like some sort of kind of like 
probably very like generally coded as like, yeah, you would see the first one kind of pop up that's interesting of a public disturbance. And then another one with another address pretty close by. Then you see report of a police chase. Then you see reports of a standoff. Then you see reports of then a person on the loose and missing and kind of a BPA out. All kind of following a general section of the map in downtown. Yeah, that definitely sounds like something that would uh, pique Hadley's interest. And uh, given that this is technically not, uh, we're in the off season right now, uh, if there is anything that you would consider an off season. Um, but this, I technically am not scheduled to be in practice or anything. This is just goofing off. So I can, uh, I can dip. I could for sure dip. And I think I will. Okay. So will you explain to everyone listening, what is Hadley's general routine of, I have to dip? <laughs> like, wink, wink, yeah. uh, nudge, nudge. How, yeah. how, how do you usually go about that? And what does she then look like post leaving? Uh, yeah, so Hadley's sort of uh, situation is a bit different than many other uh, magical girls uh, in that her mundane identity is her most closely guarded secret. Um, so there is no room to let anybody else see the change happen to see, to know where she's going. Um, on, on, by and large, the team doesn't even know who she is in real life. Uh, and she likes to keep it that way for a number of reasons. Uh, so I do think Hadley has sort of, um, in her gym bag, there's, you know, there's a number of, of costumes and, and warm-up clothes and things like that. So it wouldn't be terribly, you know, amiss uh, to have, you know, some sort of perhaps more brightly colored spandex situation going on in there. Uh, that's just, that's just gym clothes. That's, uh, that's just gymnastics, uh, uniform. It's fine. Um, the, the weird thing that would be in Hadley's bag if anybody were to go through it, um, but who's going to go through a sweaty gym bag, uh, is that there is, like, just, like, a, a, a shitty party city, like, little black superhero eye mask situation, um, because... If she doesn't have, you know, a good place to sort of quote unquote transform, um, that is enough. And I think especially given that she's not currently, you know, operating within the bounds of the group, um, she isn't, you know, fully, fully focused on uh, um, being that whole magical girl that she typically is. So at this point, it is definitely just like, costume, shitty mask, uh, duck into some sort of, like, uh, I don't, like, find, find a construction site that nobody's at, duck into the, one of the porta-potties, you know, bing, bang, boom, like, behind, like, get, find some place out of the way, just dip into an alley, come back out, uh, the other way, uh, and she is no longer Hadley Jane's. Um, as far as anyone is concerned, she is nondescript vigilante number three. Um, <laughs> three I, we can't be the first one that's, that's too true. that's too noticeable that's 
it's too noteworthy. We can't, we can't have that. Nah, uh, Hadley's a background character. You uh, dip out, no longer Hadley. And I mean, yes, Daffodil, but only, I guess, probably a- Toned down version. <laughs> a toned down, yes. It would, would people that see you in the streets be able to be like, oh, that's Daffodil, the very well-known magical girl that abandoned us? Or is there enough of a, like, <laughs> also mask on top of that for the general <laughs> public currently? Um, so, I mean, her uniform as Daffodil is a lot more showy. Um, she's sort of kind of grown into that in, you know, the, the months and the year or two uh, that she's been working with the Team Bloom. Um, there's a lot more, like bright colors and the face paint uh, instead of the mask. Right now, it is very much like, this is like leotard, shitty mask, uh, throw throw the hair back. They Somebody might be able to be like, hmm, there's another very flippy, very uh, like, you know, um, very gymnastically inclined superhero. But uh, I, I think it would be a bit of a stretch to yeah. uh, connect her to Daffodil unless she has reason to like go full transcendence. Yeah, yeah. Um, Understandable. She tries to keep to the down low lately. Look, people don't recognize Superman when he puts a pair of reading glasses on. So exactly. why would this people is re- realize this? Exactly. You've put in <laughs> more effort than Clark Kent has. So Thank you. Um, <laughs> you rush out. Different, different view and kind of start going towards the, the, the last known kind of whereabouts of, of this individual. And you pass, um, you know, you kind of go through and there's a apartment building where the original call had been. And you see that there are, are some people kind of standing in the streets a little like, huh, what was going on? Like still clearly like doing the block gossip, you know, of like wild, right? But it seems like any sort of like, authority presence is not there anymore and um but you don't really notice too terribly much um as then you kind of continue to where the the next alert had had been and it's a a little park kind of situated in between some of these larger high rises but still it's still very much like a residential part of town you know again we're you know new york you're like in the middle of like the row houses and stuff in Brooklyn, where you have a ton of people and big, tall apartment buildings and lots of like homes, but then also some parks and some bodegas and little things is kind of the feeling in this neighborhood. As you pass by this park where there are, there's still some, some kind of like caution tape put up and uh, a few people kind of standing off the side, but it seems like this area has been cleared out. As you notice that one of the trees kind of on the edge of this park is absolutely scorched. All the leaves are gone and the whole bark and everything. It looks like it was struck by lightning. And you can see that it's just, you know, brittle and dry. And it looks like it has been... It had been on fire a long, long time ago, not 10 minutes ago, according to this like scanner. 
and you you know you can kind of see some people sitting off to the side like kind of talking to to some of the officers um is there anything you would like to kind of between here and the apartment building which are very close look into farther or are you going to kind of continue to try and follow the path and find this individual um i think between the uh the sort of apartment complex, uh, probably before getting to the park, closer to that apartment complex, um, just because you said there are not really officers there, that's where Hadley's going to do a little bit of the recon of like, okay, what did you see? What did they look like? Uh, like, I kind of know where they're headed, but I don't know how much of like an actual like APB we got on just the scanner. Like, I don't have actual walkies with these guys. Right, right. Um, Cause I do not uh, actually operate within the bounds of necessarily mm, the law. So. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You, uh, I think that you see there's uh, a woman standing outside, probably with a bunch of like grocery bags kind of at her feet, like clearly has like come home and like stuff is going on and she's kind of standing there next to the stoop where there's an older woman kind of sitting down on on this the stoop and very clearly this woman that's come up is like kind of talking like in a concerning more manner uh to to them and i think you see some people kind of looking out windows as well um but you you hear this woman just kind of like um the, we'll say that the, the the one with all the groceries and stuff is also probably in like very clearly like a business kind of suit like was fully just like on lunch break bringing stuff and now like oh my god the old lady across the hall is like distraught and so she's kind of like leaning on on the the railing and kind of talking to her and you hear and you're like I'm sorry you <laughs> You said he looked, not that he was on fire? And the woman, the older woman's like, no, 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 it wasn't fire. Like, you know, my grandson, my grandson really likes watching that show where the guy runs really fast and there's lightning. It was like that. And she's like, are you, are you sure? Has Jeremy come by and like checked out? She's like, I'm not crazy. Okay, go look in the hallway. It's... Something's not right. <laughs> you just kind of hear this convo happening back and forth. Excellent, excellent. Um, I mean, speak of the hallway, is that is this building something that I could get into? Um, or is that like, there's like buzzers and stuff and... Yeah, I mean, we'll just even say for, for ease as, as you're kind of like walking up and listening to this and continuing that someone else is kind of coming out with like a glass of water <laughs> for the for the older woman like a you know maybe like 14 year old kid you know it's like kind of like rushing down to like bring bring some water and leaves the door like swung wide open so there's no buzz needed to unlock it excellent i slip in wordlessly yeah so you are you know, in this area. And it's pretty quiet, but very much in that way of like, you hear lots of conversation behind closed doors of people are like, what the just happened? <laughs> you know, and then like, no one really wanting to be in the hallways in case any other like investigation or things are kind of happening. Um, and as you're walking through this area, 
you notice a lot, not all of them, but almost every single light in the hallway is either off or the glass has absolutely shattered like it has like burst. And there's like some little, you know, light bulb pieces of glass and you can also feel your hair kind of standing up on edge. It's just, it's very charged kind of feeling in here. Like not, not a ton, you know, it's not like, oh my God, I'm about to get electrocuted, but it's very much, you know, when you walk with socks and swish your feet on the carpet and you know, if you touch something, it's going to get a little shock. Like that's kind of that vibe. Right. And uh, you kind of walk and you see some stairs at the end of the hallway that go up to the second floor. And you can see just these streaks going down it that look like burn marks, but very much again in that electricity kind of branching way. Great. So can I kind of follow this to a sort of like, uh, like where it started? or at least like in this building, in this hallway, where this came from, cause like maybe this person came from here. Yeah. Maybe they live here, it's an apartment building. Yeah, yeah you kind of follow the uh, stairs up into another hallway uh, where again, same with the, the lights, though only half of the hallway seems to have been affected. And you look as the, one of the doors looks to be like broken off of one of these apartment buildings or apartment rooms, you know, the door to the hall in the hallway looks to be broken. And it also looks to be partially charred. And there's big like caution X tape all across the door currently. Oh, that can't stop me. I can't read. Uh, <laughs> Hadley will very, very easily just slip right on between those uh, caution tape little X's, uh, if I can figure out, I don't know, if I can figure out any sort of like mail with a name on it, any sort of uh, pictures on the walls that might be indicative of who lives here. Yeah, yeah. You start to look around and it's very clearly just a uh, small apartment and it very much looks like college kid vibe. Like there is very clearly a hand-me-down couch with like the table is just some plastic like milk crates with then like a plywood board on top. And there's just like pizza boxes. Like the bed is a futon couch in the bedroom that's just like open. Like it, this is clearly first apartment, hand-me-down things. We're gonna make it work <laughs> because Excellent. why not? kind of vibe. I would say you probably see uh, a, a OBU pennant flag on the wall okay. along with just like very not straight posters of like video games and athletes and things like giving very stereotypical college male apartment. All right. The thing though that is odd, you see again, this kind of streaks that kind of come through and there's bits and pieces of, of paper, maybe textbooks and things are on the floor that are partially burnt. 
not still smoldering by any point, any means, but had kind of gotten burnt and thrown to different sections. As you see in this carpet, again, to this just like streak that comes out the door, you can see probably just like a hole, a hole in one of the walls, like next to the door. And it looks like someone getting slammed up against it. Like it is a large, probably shoulder arm poof, into shitty drywall charred all around it as well and there's even just like this black residue that's starting on it and you can very quickly see that this trail of kind of destruction comes through this living room and out the door from the bedroom as you uh you know go over and kind of like push the door open a little bit more to see what's going on in here we're gonna zoom back out and we're gonna go now to our wonderful actually i'm not even going to say what what class yet because i think that'll become a little more obvious as as we get going uh we'll go over to sybil and i'd like if you would also uh maybe explain what you're doing in in this moment uh you know kind of kind of open open to interpretation maybe like where you are what you're kind of doing and then also uh what she looks like yeah um I think Sybil is in the gym currently, kind of ferociously kicking a punching bag. And she has a lot of uh, stress and a little bit of anger to work out right now. Um, but we see a woman around 21 years old, uh, athletic build, um, bright silver eyes and freckles, fair skin, uh, purple hair that is uh, very long and thick and always kind of borderline messy, uh, but it's pulled back in a ponytail currently. And I think just in normal workout clothes, everything Sybil wears for some reason seems always a little bit ethereal, almost dreamlike. Even these workout clothes that she's wearing somehow have that aesthetic as well. Yeah, and she's here just kicking over and over and over into this bag. You are, yeah, just in the zone, fully trying to get out some of that, that pent up tension, anger, sadness, whatever kind of emotion boils up in the moment and just push through it and push through it and push through it. Um, what is it? that usually maybe kind of, or is there anything that spurs on some of your visions or, or is it more a surprise? And I guess, how does it impact her? Is she so used to it that she's able to kind of compose herself or is it that so Raven? Oh my God, why are you making it a weird face? <laughs> like what, what is kind of that pr process? I think it varies. Uh, she can focus into them um, somewhat reliably. Uh, sometimes they come from touching an object and sometimes they are very sudden. Um, I think she's used to it enough that if one comes on suddenly, she's able to stop and act like she's taking a breath, maybe hands on her knees, bent over that sort of look, just so it's not too obvious. Uh, she doesn't fall flat on her face anymore, uh, which is something I think she did early on in getting her powers. 
you, yeah, you're in here. And there are, you know, some other people kind of working out, um, different, different, you know, maybe athletes as part of the school, just people that live in this general area. It's a nice mix here uh, in this gym. There's probably, you know, some people actually doing like kickboxing classes. There's some, some noise. And it's just kind of adding to this atmosphere to kind of help drown out some things, get you kind of in the zone. And as you are kind of punching, I feel like you have this moment where you're punching this punching bag. And then when you go to punch, it feels like your hand goes through it and you're just kind of bathed in like a darkness for a minute. You can't really see anything as now you're kind of standing here in this 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 dark and you can almost like taste the electricity very much that right before a storm kind of feeling and the air feels very thick and you can feel again kind of the static like very much the calm before the storm is this feeling that you're having currently and then you hear for just a moment, a laugh, but it sounds mechanical and it sounds echoed and kind of like farther off and it sounds familiar. You heard this same laugh in the vision before Lily died. You heard this laugh in a different vision, a different scenario. But when you saw what happened to Lily before it happened, what would be your initial reaction as you're kind of stuck in this like limbo of kind of this darkness as some sort of vision is starting to kind of set in for you? Yeah, hearing this laugh, I think Sybil almost pushes herself out of this vision, um, but stops and takes a moment, closes her eyes, breathes in deep, and tries to focus like Lily taught her. She needs to see what this is, whether this is a memory of the past or something that's coming, she needs to know what it is. You take this deep breath. You start to kind of focus in and try and, you know, like you're trying to see something in the dark. You know, you're trying to look through, focus in, try and see something. And, you know, I think you you feel almost like a hand on your shoulder, like that kind of reassuring energy that you, you know, attribute to Lily and how she is helped you kind of grow into to the person but magic girl <laughs> that you are now and these abilities that you have as it, it kind of starts to dissipate a little bit like a, a fog or a smoke will kind of dissipate and you start to see a, a bit of brightness and you are seeing town you're seeing uh, Oliva Bay the streets of it from someone else's point of view. And you feel the p 
panic and you feel the confusion that this person that you're kind of seeing from the point of view of as they rush down a, a alleyway and you can see like you can see their their body kind of moving up and down as they're breathing heavily and kind of look to the side as you see a police cruiser kind of go down lights on and they take a couple of deep breaths and they kind of sit down into the ground in the darkness here in this alley before then you see them look at their arms lightning shooting off at fingertips of this like deep blue as you watch their skin goes from just like an olive tone complexion as this like deep black coloring fills in and i mean like a void vanta black nothing there kind of crawls up the arm through the veins and you see it start to harden as they're every time they move their hand it almost like pops and cracks and something's not right and they start to shake and those that lightning goes off again and then they stand up and you see them turn and and very much a oh shit quick panic look as they hear something and you see Vic running down an alley as this individual jumps up and we have a first person point of view as they go bouncing between the um, walls up this ladder through an apartment building, looking at Vic and you feel this like inner turmoil. You feel this panic, you feel this fear, you feel that they have no control over themselves and what little bit of kind of mental recognition that they're holding on to is a fight. And it it feels like there is some light versus dark battle happening inside this poor person as they're trying to hold on and they jump out this window, slide down a uh, telephone wire and burst through a window and they see someone in their apartment and they react and shoot a lightning bolt directly into, well, daffodil. And you shake out of it and you're in the gym. Yeah, the emotional bleed from these visions is always very real. So I think um, Sybil very quickly sits down for a second and breathes hard and just cusses to herself because Daffodil's in danger again and very quickly leaves. And I think we see her leave the gym and cut down a side alleyway. And uh, one of her blades, I think, uh, forms in her hand um, and she slices it through the air and kind of jumps through it. Um, and another one, I think, up, up top of a building opens up and she jumps through and she's in her magical girl outfit at that point. Um, and she continues jumping through these rips in reality as she, in a town this large with this many people packed in together, there's never a shortage of dreams or daydreams for her to move through. Um, and that's how she quickly moves through the city. Um, did I see any indication of where that apartment might be? Yeah, I think you you would very quickly realize that at least where this chase started was right at the epicenter 
of this big battle where town is still kind of rebuilding and cleaning up and they kind of went through and ran through this large apartment complex and slid around uh into kind of the back of a another apartment which would honestly probably be just a straight shot from the college you know we're in an area where families but a lot of college kids are uh that kind of but up to the very edge of kind of the disaster zone. So you would have a pretty good idea of at least the, the part of town you need to rush off to. Uh, yeah, then heading straight there, um, alleyways, tops of buildings, uh, where I, you know, come out of these dreams depends on where these people are, where they're daydreaming or dreaming. Some of it will be above apartments, some above schools or office spaces. Uh, it varies, but she's even more ethereal her magical girl outfit looks it's made of a lot of sheer flowing fabrics um kind of in a half dress um she has two blades that she carries and that's what she's using to cut between reality and dreams i think you probably even as you're getting closer and closer since a dream that you know this is the one you need to jump into as very clearly there's a little bit of a daydream of a, you know, 10, 12 year old kid of his neighbor, the superhero, the Flash, you know, like having the this, this like little kid just sitting there thinking of like, oh my gosh, all these sort of things. And you're like, this is, this is, this is where we're, we're kind of going here. This is the theme that we're on it. And you're able to uh, pop onto uh, this, we'll say just like, the top of, of this uh, apartment complex and you're kind of looking around and you don't see anything yet though you can see this this wreckage that is on the edge of it here uh, there's a doorway that can get you down to like hallway you know this they had a roof access or you can fire escape down what is kind of your path to try and figure out which room we're going to here i think fire escape uh, because i want to get there in time to assist Daff, but I don't want her to see me. So fire escape, I think, is my best option at the moment. Okay. You uh, start going down and, you know, you're doing that little bit of kind of mental gymnastics of, okay, here's a telephone line that would have gotten him to this building. He would have been able to jump over, jump through this window, you kind of guess and you peer through this window as you see through Duff pushes open a door and starts looking into this bedroom this bedroom that looks like a bomb went off as you see that a good section of it is just singed it looks like and it, the metal on like the edge of this like futon couch bed <laughs> that we've established is just melted like flash but welder gun hot melted in pieces um that there are giant like char marks on the wall and the ceiling on the floor on the bed the tv looks like it has exploded and it's still sparking a little but there's no heat it's definitely not, you know, leftover fire, but you see Daph walking in 
And as of now, you don't see any sort of disturbance coming this direction. Is there anything in particular you would kind of like to do? Since I am just watching at the moment, can I gather info? Absolutely, you can. Uh, so this would be analyze? Yep, analyze. Uh, we're pretty, there's no like risk or anything with, with this currently. As you're just kind of in wait. Oh, that's a good first roll. That's a six. There we go. Just one six? Uh, I only rolled one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Perfect. So, um, yeah. So uh, when you roll on a gather info, you have a six. You have uh, two questions and a follow-up of, of kind of what, what you see around this area or what you're trying to grasp at. Yeah. So from my list... What do I remember about the way that this individual entered? Could I tell which direction he came from? Absolutely. Um, You remember they smashed through this window. It was very quick. It was not a sneaky, let's open the window and go in. It was boom, through it. Um, And with such a force that you're kind of gathering it would be kind of inhuman, but there had to have been some sort of jump from across this this kind of street, you know? Like I said, we're not mm-hmm. a little tiny alleyway where they could just kind of whoop, shoot through or whatever. Like there would have to be some sort of force through it. So they've busted in just straight across the, the street. Okay. Uh, what might happen if I attempt to intercept them in the air? you would put yourself in danger. (laughs) Let's just say, as you did see, their oh shit reaction was a lightning bolt. Um, But I would say, yeah, you having the abilities that you have and the strength that you have in general too, at also now a magical kind of inhuman way, feel like you could intercept or at least divert their trajectory. Um, it would be a little risky and then that would put you at the face of their danger, but. Yeah, and that's that's fine. I can risk myself. So follow-up question. Is there a specific direction or space I see that I could, that would be safest for me to divert them to that would not cause as much collateral damage? Is there a vegetable cart below us or, I don't know, a canopy? <laughs> Looking at this this part of the street and an apartment and part of town, this back area is probably blocked off as just buildings directly across the street are dealing with structural damage and stuff still. Um, so maybe there's, you know, dumpsters and stuff still, but for the most part, it's gonna be pretty empty. I would say that, you know, if you really aim in any sort of way to just make sure they don't hit one of the buildings on the same side of the street as this active apartment is, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna avoid stuff. There's, you know, probably some construction trucks, there's some dumpsters, there are some things back here, but nothing people-wise or that sort of thing. So you could, maybe we'll say there's probably like a big dump truck that has a bunch of gravel for like filling in areas. 
that could be ouch, but also probably softer. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, then I will kind of crouch down here and ready myself. Uh, I think what I'm going to do is, if possible, I would like to uh, kind of drop through reality and come from above and knock him straight down as he comes across this alleyway. Absolutely. Okay. So you start to prep and you're keeping an eye on this building across the street and trying to kind of look for anything as you start to see in one of these windows, dull, but a blue flash. And then it's getting a little brighter and a little brighter. As then busting out the window, you see this individual now, not from first person, but you can see them now where, you know, they're face, upper body, like still wearing just like a normal kind of street clothes, but you can see this just like black kind of bark that's taking over different parts of them, uh, jumping out and similar vibe as Vic had got. It does not look coordinated. It does not look great. It is kind of like a little bit of flailing arms, but there is a trajectory and there is a momentum behind it that is surprising for how uncoordinated it actually looks as this figure is jumping directly towards this apartment building, looking like they're aiming for the window itself. As you take off, you kind of phase, start to jump up. Uh, What ability would you like to use? Because, hey, this is a forged game. Y'all get to argue what you would like to roll to me, and then I tell you yes or no. <laughs> um, I would like to use Defy, because I'm going at this head-on. Absolutely, you can. Uh, I will say we're, we're going to put it at Risky. Um, okay. Just, well, actually, here. Desperate. I knew there was a C, but that was Oof. the wrong way. Okay. Well, I will get an experience point for this, at least. There you go. <laughs> As, yeah, as the reason behind this is one, you miss, that's going to be bad for Daph. But also, as you're in the process of doing this, you see Vic right on this guy's heels, jumping out as well. Can can I assist? Yeah, I, I would say... I would allow that as, you know, y'all one very heightened sense, heightened senses specifically for Vic. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would immediately recognize the the magic and energy you're seeing of um, Lark in front of you. So I have a I have a special ability that I want to use. It's called anything you do, I do better. Um, when I assist my rival, which uh, Larkspar is Wolfgang, Wolfbane's rival um you lark will get two two additional die i take two stress now you can decide to not take that take my help that is the that is our relationship but i'm the way i picture it is vic sees you appear out of thin air essentially right is that kind of how it looks like or is there like some cool dimensional stuff I think you can see the cut and you can see some weird dream that she's coming out of. Okay. And then his instinct is to like scream there, there, right there. And like pointing at this kid 
that's running. Like instinct is just like get them. We can't get them. Out. We can't let them get away. Okay. Uh, highest is a six. Only one six, unfortunately. But still okay. a six. Still a six, which means you do it as uh, this all plays out. As she said, you phase up, see um, Wolf's Bang jumping out after, pointing in the right direction, and you are able to hit this individual with your full might and with your you attached to them, just kind of tackle them into the street. You'll do a couple of little like rolling bounces, tumbling before landing into this gravel truck. Such a good imagery of then the poof of, of dust kind of coming out from behind it. Daff, you've just opened this door. As you hear screaming outside, see the flash of blue electricity and watch as a blur of light and energy just hit in like 10 feet from the window that this apartment bedroom looks out and disappear into the street. What the hell? And then probably see land kind of on the fire escape next to you and then jump down Wolfsbane as they continue their their jump out and is making their way down. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think Hadley's like, sees this collision sort of happen midair and just goes like, what the hell's going on out there? Uh, and starts like, takes a step towards the window to like, head out that direction. And then suddenly Wolfsbane <laughs> and just sort of like, pause, give that same, like, two-finger salute, because Wolfsbane has seen them in this sort of, uh, you know, version of dress. Um, they're not always in full, full transcendence, uh, around the team either. Um, and just sort of, like, gestures out, like, points out towards wherever the, that, like, ball of energy sort of fell and went, uh, and then continues walking, like, I'm, I'm coming out there. I'm coming out with you. Move so I can get out there, please. <laughs> Vic wouldn't like even look back. Like he, he saw you and was like, "Okay, this is this is perfectly normal," and just jumped. <laughs> Sick, gnarly. All right, I'm heading out the fire escape. I guess let's go. Okay, you head out the fire escape. Follow as as Vic is just like barreling down the street. Uh, the dust kind of starting to settle. Still, you can see some of the little flashes of electricity, but as you kind of make it back down onto the street and walk that way, like seeing these giant just like indentions into the asphalt that have broken from this just like tumble, uh, you now kind of walk up next to Vic at the foot of this giant uh, gravel truck as the dust has settled and you now see Larkspur with this individual just like, how, how are you kind of holding on as they are actively trying to like fight against you to get away? Yeah, um, I think what you see is a number of uh, almost abstract stuffed animals that Larkspur probably pulled out of a dream on the way down that they landed on inside of this gravel truck. Uh, so they did not break anything. I think she just has uh, an arm kind of uh, pulled back, twisted around, 
uh, behind this individual, uh, just trying to hold him in an arm lock in a way that doesn't hurt him any more than, you know, than just hold him there. She's not trying to hurt him. She felt the emotions that were going on in this individual's uh, head through this and knows that he's scared and probably not in control. Um, So just doing her best to keep them still without causing any permanent damage. You all watch as, yeah, this this individual is uh, just kind of like pulling at you and or pulling, trying to pull away from you, but is just like fully trapped. And again, the eyes are still wide and surprised but you can see tears running down his cheek, just silent kind of tears running down his cheek. As every time he tries to open his mouth, it's just another shot of lightning. So you can see him actively like trying to keep his mouth closed and is like rigid. And it's almost like his body, like I said, is just acting against him before finally kind of like, it, it almost looks like exhaustion kind of sets in or over and you watch as he kind of closes his eyes and then the whole body kind of goes limp for a moment and Jeller's in here holding him or like kind of holding on to him in general and like the last like little squeak of sound that he could get out was just a Please help. And as you'll all stand there, you can feel the electricity dissipating. And this like charged energy is kind of started to subside. Uh, You do hear now sirens in the distance kind of getting closer and closer. Thank you so much for listening to Bloom and Flight. Our cast includes Taylor as the director, Candice as Belladonna, Logan as Wolfsbane, Kit as Daffodil, and Anna as Larkspur. Cast details can be found in the show description. All production is handled by Anna and Kit. All sounds and music, courtesy Epidemic Sounds. Girl by Moonlight is a Forged in the Dark system from Evil Hat Productions. To stay up to date with all things Bloom and Blight, be sure to give us a follow on social media at Bloom and Blight. Bloom and Blight is a Dareful Archives production. See you next time.